0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. You and I are in a war. You may not realize it, but that doesn't change the fact that you are in a war. The weapons of your war, you say, wow, what, what war am I in? I'm, I'm just ambling through life. You're in a war and it's for your mind, but the weapons are not carnal. They're not things that you can normally understand. They're not the things you would normally use to overcome a problem or, or a challenge. It's, it's not your normal way of, of approaching life. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. And now he's going to tell us what these weapons do. And he talks about strongholds, arguments, thoughts, Listen to this. They're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Imagine a a fortress built of stone where there's big stones on the bottom and then smaller stones and they all fitted together. And they're fitted into a, a huge big fortress, a stronghold, a tower. Each of those stones, dear friend, is a thought in your mind. Just Keep that in your mind right now. They're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Then he goes on to describe a stronghold. We cast down arguments. You know, an argument is this where I say, I am saying to you, this is true. And you say, no, it's not. And I say, yes, it is for these reasons. And you give me reasons back. And then I say, no, but your reasons are wrong. My reasons are right. This is true. And then you say, oh, okay, that's true. And then I say, and if that's true, then it follows that this is true. And then we go through this argument process again. And eventually you agree. And then I say, and if that and that is true, and this is true, then this is true. And I'm building a fortress, a stronghold of arguments In your mind and I want to tell you that the world around you orchestrated by the devil is building strongholds of arguments in your mind and it's been going on from when you were a baby in the cradle till today and there are huge strongholds of every imaginable type in your life that are arguments and strongholds that are different to what God says Listen to what he goes on to say. We cast on arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. At the top of every stronghold, at the top of every pile of arguments is a conclusion that is a high thing. That exalts itself against the knowledge of god there 's the knowledge of God and what God says is true and there 's this high thing that exalts itself against that and when I come and preach god 's word to you there 's this clanging voice saying that 's not true that 's not true that 's not true in your mind and you don 't even realize why is that high thing exalting itself against the knowledge of God and so you try and Push aside the clanging voice. The high thing that exalts itself against God's knowledge. You, you try and push it to one side. But the problem is it's built on years and years of big argument stones. Logical conclusions that are built on top of each other. And the high thing is the pinnacle. But the, the way to demolish it is to go all the way to the bottom. And start ripping out the foundation arguments that are against God. And then he goes on to say. We bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Every thought. You wake up in the morning, you think, should I have shreddies or toast? Every thought. You say, should I wear this or that? Should I relate to that person like this or that? Should I answer that email? Should I call that person? Should I watch this TV show? Should I go to this place? Should I take that job? Should I marry this person? Every thought. We've got to take it into captivity to Christ and every thought has a thought that comes from God and there's a high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and you have a choice of how am I going to respond. And I want to say to you that your whole destiny in life, your whole success and happiness and fruitfulness as a Christian, everything in your life depends not on how you act, not upon how other people react to you, but upon your thought life and upon these broads bricks of arguments that are in your life. And if you're not aware that there's this battle going on, you are not demolishing your logical arguments that have been built up over years and decades and that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of God. Now, let's look at 2 Peter 1 verse 3. His divine power. That's the wonderful God. You know, God doesn't leave us with these stone arguments that keep us away from him. He doesn't leave us there. He came in the person of Christ. He showed us by Jesus' life and by his words what his truth is. His divine power has given to us, has given. You know, I'm not an expert in Greek, but I looked this up. And when it says has given to us, it says it's a type of Greek Word or phrase that means it is a deed that is forever done and settled in the past. It is once and for all done and given. God has given to you and me, because of Jesus' death on the cross, God and His divine power, not human power, His amazing divine power has given to us, to you, all things. You know, when it says all things, that means all things. It leaves nothing out. All things that pertain to life and godliness. Life is the word Zoe, which means the life that God gives. The supernatural life. The life that is physical, but also eternal. The life of God, that God breathed into humanity. In the Garden of Eden, and that that Jesus came to show the life of God. He has given you and me all things that pertain to life your health, your provision, your relationships, your happiness, your plans, your direction, everything, all things. He has given you all things that pertain to your life. You say, Oh, but I don't have enough, but I don't have a spouse. But I don't have happiness. But I don't have direction. But I don't, but I don't, but I don't. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You say, but I'm not like God. I'm not happy like God wants me to be. I'm not good like God wants me to be. I'm not like God. I don't react well when people annoy me. I, I don't react like God wants. And I want to say to you, my dear brother or sister, he has given us all things. You say, but I've got to pray for it. I've got to plead for it. I've got to pray and intercede and fast. I've got to be good enough to earn it. I've got to, I've got to get it somehow. Surely it, it's not here yet. I, I need the healing. I need the blessing. I need more of God. He says, I've given it to you. But now listen to this. It comes through our knowledge of him. Isaiah 4 verse 6 says, My people perish for lack of knowledge. My dear brother or sister, I want you to please grab this today. You can cry and plead and beg and fast and get others to pray with you and try and be good enough and try and earn God's blessings. And he says, I can't give you more than I've already given you. I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. There's nothing left out. It's all there. But the problem is between your ears. You say, but surely it doesn't matter what I think. So I think this and I learned this as a child and I've got this wrong idea about relating to people that are different to me and and different genders and and this way of talking and I've got all these wrong ideas and I react angrily and it doesn't matter what I think, God must still just come through with a miracle. He says, I've given it to you but the problem is the way you think. There's these massive stones of arguments that at the top of them has a high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and until you get rid of that, thing and replace it with a building on my word you will never enjoy all the good things that I have for you and I want to be honest with you 95 percent of my job as a pastor and a teacher of God's word is this it's speaking God's word in a way that put, makes it clear and says to people These are the high things. These are the fortresses and the arguments and the strongholds. This is God's word. Now let's demolish this and let's build this. And that's really all that I do. And when I look back at my life over the last 30 years, since I was 17, when I gave my life to the Lord, all the growth and progress and and great things that God has done in my life have come about through demolishing an argument that I learned. You know, when I was a kid, I learned that uh, racism was okay. I grew up in a society that said racism is okay. In fact, everybody around me was racist and I found myself thinking that way. And I had to learn from God's word. Others could tell me racism is wrong, but that doesn't change you because it's another person's opinion. It's when God's word comes in and now you've got a choice. You've got this fortress, this stronghold built up from when you were tiny with all these different arguments and reasons why racism is okay and you've got God's word that says we are all of one blood and now you put the two together. And the choice comes to say, I've got these weapons that are mighty in God for demolishing arguments and pulling down strongholds. I'm going to chuck that out. I'm not just going to try and put God's word on top of that other foundation. No, I've got to demolish that and replace it with this. And out of that comes joy and life and peace. Amen. I And I... I, I I plead with you. I, I, I want so much for you to have the joy and the, the fruitfulness that I've seen in my life from God's word being put into place in our hearts. You know, in Matthew 7, Jesus said, The foolish man builds his house on sand. Those are those arguments that are not built on God's word. But the wise man builds his house house on the rock, which is God's word. And when the storms and the floods come, the house built on the rock stands, but the house built on on the sand will fall. And I plead, I don't want your house to fall. It may happen in this lifetime where problems come against you and suddenly all those things you thought were true just get ripped out from under you. Or it may come at judgment day where Jesus says, is what you thought really true and you realize... I built my whole life on false arguments that were not true. So now I just want to read a passage from Isaiah 55. And I pray this blesses you. It's blessed me so much. Verse 8. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Did you know that God has thoughts? God has thoughts. He has opinions. Do you have opinions? Do you have preferences? Have you ever been in a group where five or six people are talking and someone says, I think this. And someone else says, I think that. And someone else says, well, I think this. And there's the tendency and the temptation within us to think, A, it's okay to think whatever you like. There's no such thing as truth. It's just whatever anyone wants to think. If they think that, well, that's up to them. If they think that, that's okay. Everyone's thoughts are as valid as everyone else's. I want to tell you that God's thoughts are the only ones that are valid. And we need to get his thoughts. We need to say, God, what is your opinion on this matter that, that we're talking about right now? God, what is your opinion? Listen to what he says. My thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways. That's when thoughts gather together and they become a way of doing something. You know, you can have an opinion about the type of toothpaste you have, about the type of exercise you do, the type of food you have, and they're just individual thoughts. But when you put them together, you get a way of living. I brush my teeth like this and I eat like this and I I exercise like this and it makes me healthy and it makes me do well. Ways are thoughts gathered together. God says, your thoughts and my thoughts, your ways and my ways are very different. And listen to what he says about how different they are. "As, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. How much higher are the heavens than the earth? How much greater are God's thoughts than your thoughts? You can go several kilometers up and you're in the, still in the atmosphere of the earth and you're in the heavens. And that's a lot higher than we are now. I mean, when you're up there, you look down and there, it, you can just see little specks of things that are countries and cities. I mean, you can get really high. But then we go even further. We go to the moon. Then we go further, we go out out into our solar system, then you go even further, you go out of the range of our solar system and the sun's heliosphere, which is where one of the Earth's spaceships has just gone for the first time. After decades of traveling, they've just gone out of the Earth's, uh, the, the sun's solar system recently. And then you realize that is nothing compared to how far it is to the nearest star. That's four light years away. At the speed of light, it would take four years to get there. We would never get there at our speeds that we travel. And then you realize that is one of billions of stars. And the distances are so mind-blowing that the universe is so big we can't even comprehend it. And God says, I made all of that. You say, why did God bother to make such a huge galaxy? I'm trying to show you, God says, how much bigger my thoughts and ways are than yours. He says the laws of physics still apply wherever, however many millions of light years away you are. Gravity and all the laws still apply. The basic principles of my thoughts and your thoughts are the same. But the size and the magnitude and the complexity is so much greater, you can't even begin to understand it. But now listen to what he says. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God says, I'm not just going to have these amazing thoughts all up there in heaven. I'm going to send my word. And he thinks of a picture. What can I think of to show them? Ah, rain. Rain comes down from the sky and it produces a crop and fruitfulness and harvest and beauty and bounty. He says, my word has come down from heaven. And it's been spread abroad. The whole world has access to it. But if you get my word, God says. You know how precious this book is, friends. You know how precious it is. You know, for so many centuries, between the year about 400 AD and 1500 AD, the word of God was unavailable to pretty much the whole world. And it was called the Dark Ages. Because the Word of God brings light and life and enlightenment and peace and health and science and understanding and joy and peace. The Word of God is God's amazing thoughts, those infinite thoughts, put in a way that you and I can understand. It's not all of God's thoughts. It's enough for you and I to get them and for it to change our lives and for us to be set on a course to heaven. You know, God could have put it in... Bullet point form. He could have said this is true and this is true and this is true and this is true and this is true. But you know how he decided to do it? He decided to do it through people writing history and people writing letters. He said, I'm going to write down history, and I'm going to write letters through people to other people, and when the 2019 Christians read it, it'll be enough for them to understand my thoughts and my heart and my ways, those infinite ways that are so much greater than humans, there'll be enough in there for them to be able to see and understand my heart and my thoughts. And as they digest those, and as they go in, just like the rain soaks into the soil, it'll Start to produce a harvest, a fruit, a crop in their lives. My dear brother or sister, I must plead with you and say, what are you doing about demolishing those arguments? And the way you're going to do it is by allowing these miraculous thoughts of God that are in his Bible to seep into your heart. He goes on to just explain what happens. He says, you, when you do this, verse 12, you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. You know, when you get the supernatural thought power of God inside you, And it becomes a part of you and it starts to change you and you've demolished those wrong thoughts and you built some of God's life-giving thoughts. You go out and there's joy and peace and you see mountains breaking forth in front of you and, and praising God and you say, how is this happening? You know, I look at the miracles. I thought when I moved from Africa to Jersey... I thought I'd seen enough miracles for my whole life. I really did. I'd seen some astounding miracles. I thought I've seen enough. But I want to tell you, the last 10 years that we've been in Jersey, I've seen so many astounding miracles that it just blows my mind. And it makes me realize God hasn't even started. There's so much more to come. When you you put his word in, it it seems counterintuitive. You think the weapons that I fight with should be carnal. I must use planning and strategy and common sense and and the ways that everyone else tells me. But he says, no, no, just get my word. These supernatural thoughts, just let them seep into your heart. And as they grow, you go out, there's joy and peace, and you see things breaking forth in front of you. You say, how did that happen? How did that miraculous provision happen? How did that person agree to this? Why did that TV station contact us? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Ah, the word of God is starting to break things open in front of me it's amazing and then he goes on to say instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree and it shall be to the Lord for a name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off fruitfulness 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 I've just got two more scriptures and I don't have time to go into them in detail, but they're very similar to this. Psalm 1 says this, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands. So so imagine now, this is the man, he can walk in the counsel of the ungodly. That's you and me. We grow up as babies and we learn to walk. And even if your parents are Christians, the influences around you from your parents, because they're just frail humans, even if they're believers, but also the world around you means you're getting the counsel of the ungodly. So you're learning to walk. And while you're walking, you're hearing the counsel of the ungodly. And then he says, nor stand in the path of sinners. You get a chance at some stage to say, where am I going to stand in the path? The way. You remember thoughts gather together into a way. Which path am I going to stand into? Is it going to be God's path or the path of sinners? And many of us chose at some stage in our lives. We were walking and we were hearing the counsel of the ungodly. And we chose I'm going to stand here with these people. And I'm going to stand in the path of sinners. I'm going to let their words influence me. And then he goes on to say nor sit in the seat of the scornful. This is now where you settle down. I was walking, then I was standing. Now I'm sitting in the seat of the scorn. Now this is who I am. And the scornful people are speaking to me. And I'm getting all this counsel and it's building strongholds and arguments that are high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. He says, blessed is the man who does not walk, stand or sit where the sinners speak, but his delight is in the law of the Lord his delight you know what delight is when you've been working all day and you're hungry and you're thinking about that beautiful meal that's going to be waiting for you at home that's delight delight is when you're tired and you realize you know what i've got an afternoon off i can do whatever i like let me play that video game let me watch that tv show let me go to a movie let me go for a walk let me play that sport ah the word of god That's my delight. He says his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He lets it soak and seep into his heart. He lets the words just germinate and ruminate and find a home in his heart. He's thinking, what does the parable of the sower really mean? Why did Jesus say, what is that all about? Why does God say my word is like water, rain that comes and and he meditates on it. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. God, I want to be like that man, blessed. I'm not walking, standing, or sitting where the the wrong arguments and strongholds are. Can I just ask, who are you listening to for advice? Who are you getting your information from? Which person's books are you reading? You might say to me, such a wise person. That person, that lady that I listen to on YouTube. Such a wise person. Such a beautiful person. Such lovely words. Such clever words. Or you might even say to me, that preacher, Pastor Billy, whatever his name is, he's awesome. I'm listening to all his stuff. He's a celebrity preacher. I love him. Whatever he says is right. I love that preacher. Pastor Greg, awesome guy. I want to say to you something, friends. Whoever that person is, their thoughts are meaningless. It's only this word that will build anything in your life. My opinions are meaningless. Really they are. You say, but I love what what you say when you preach. Forget what I say. I cannot save you. My words are nothing. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are God's thoughts than human thoughts. My thoughts are meaningless. It's God's thoughts you need. And my job is to point you to this. And if anyone is trying to point you to them or to another human's opinion, human opinions are meaningless. They really will not save you. It's like building on sand. We've got to get this word. Amen? Okay, I'm going to close now. I'm out of time. Mark chapter 4. I don't have time to read it. Jesus told a parable. It was his first parable. He said a farmer went out to sow and he sowed seed. you remember the story? And he's throwing the seed far and wide. He's not planting it in holes. He's throwing it far and wide. The word of God. Later on he explains the seed is the word of God. The word of God is going out. You can turn on the radio, the TV, the bookstore. You can find God's word. It's spread all over the world right now. He said, the farmer goes out to sow and God's word, God's precious, amazing, miraculous thoughts are being spread out all over the world right now. But the soil that it lands on, that's you and me, my friend. There are four types of soil. One is a hard soil where the word just bounces off and it says the birds just come and take it away. As soon as it lands, when you hear the word of God, your heart can be hard. So you don't even, it doesn't even affect you. There is no result, no fruit, no blessing, no life comes out of that type of soil. Please don't be that type of soil. Please don't be the type of person who says, oh, I've heard that before. You know, God says that he loves the man who trembles at his word. God wants us to tremble. At when his word is spoken, we should be like, whoa, what? God, what are you saying? Rather than, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't like that preacher. It hurts my heart when I hear people say that because they're, they're treating the preacher like the celebrity who they can choose between. But it's not the preacher. We should be listening to the word of God behind the preacher. Amen? And we should tremble at His word. Don't be a hard-hearted person. If, if God's word bounces off your heart... You're in a terrible situation. And in Hosea, he says, plow up the hard ground. If your soil of your heart is hard, you need to plow it up with repentance. Say, God, make me soft to your word. I I want to receive your word. The second type of soil receives the word gladly, but very shallowly. He says, they receive it gladly, but as soon as there's trial or temptation or trouble then it dies because they haven't gone deep. They haven't said, God, I'm taking your word in deep and I'm making a commitment to what I hear. And this, I believe, is many of us in the West. We love this preacher. We love this book. We love this song. And we take it in shallowly. But as soon as somebody gives us trouble or there's some test or some problem that comes about, we say, oh, I'm ditching the word of God. I'm going back to this argument, this fortress that I built up, which is worldly ways." He says, let the word go deep where it cuts into your heart and you say, I'm going to make a decision that lasts for the rest of my life based on what I've heard. That's the second type of soil. The third type, he says, there are weeds growing up in the soil and when the word comes, it finds root and it grows up. But the weed has not been ripped out and so the weed chokes the word of God and it doesn't bear any fruit. Many of us hear the word of God and it's challenging us to uproot, to demolish a stronghold that is against it. But rather than demolish it, we say, I'm going to let the word grow up alongside this thing. I'm going to take God's word, but I'm not going to repent of that thing. I'm going to let the two grow up together. And he says, the weed will choke the word of God and it will never produce fruit. But he says, if you open your heart, if you tremble at his word, if you allow it to go deep and you make a decision when you hear God's word, if you uproot the, the thinking that's against God's word and throw it out, then you will produce a harvest, some 30, some 60, some a hundredfold. And, you know, that's the power of a seed is one seed can produce not just a hundred seeds, but a hundred plants which all have seeds in them. The fruitfulness of God's word is miraculous. Those mighty thoughts that are higher than the heavens above us. If you get a seed of God's thought in your heart and you allow it to germinate, the fruit that will come out of it is extraordinary. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.